does this thing where uh, if you stick your tongue out, he'll like go and try to lick it. <laughs> and like, no matter what he's doing, he'll just stop, shoot over. <laughs> There's then... the tongue. Yeah, he's silly. I'm really happy I just started recording when you were making out with your dog. <laughs> One's making out. Come on. <laughs> sure, sure. I feel like if we looked up the definition, there would be a little bit more involved. So. Of what? The definition of making out with the dog? Yeah. No, 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 no. Making out in general. <laughs> okay. I was like, well, illegal for one, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't. What I think making out is just tongue to tongue contact. I don't know what the actual. Here, mm-hmm. let's look it up. What's the What's the definition of making out? Let's get it. Since you're on the computer and you can typey type, I'll let you do that. Let's screen share. Okay, what is the definition of? Making love was the first thing that popped up. Making out. What? All right. I'll pull this up. Get some screen share action. Oh, I got to bring it over. Come here. Come here. Making out. Making out is a term of American origin dating back to at least 1949. Well, I feel like it would have been longer than that. That's crazy. I'll be truthfully honest with you, Mikey. All I'm seeing right now is Mikey Paisley on TikTok. Oh. Oh, I want you over. (laughs) Good. It's a a great plug. Uh, On another note. You have 38 unread emails that you should get to. Okay. Can you see this now? Is it on the right screen? Nope. Huh? Negative. Okay. One second. Thanks for calling me out because uh, on the recording, it doesn't tell me what gets seen until after the fact. So I appreciate you letting me know right there. Okay. Anytime. Let's see. Does this work? Can you see it now? Yes, I can. All right. Uh, making out is a term of American origin dating back to at least 1949 and is used to refer to kissing, including extended French kissing or heavy kissing of the neck or to acts of non-penetrative sex, such as heavy petting. What? <laughs> For legal reasons, I was not making out with my dog. Then. <laughs> heavy petting. <laughs> so if you heavily pet something, it counts as making out? Apparently. Oh man. I feel like I've done some illegal things. And I've learned something today, so we have accomplished something. So speaking of learning something today, what beer are you drinking tonight, Peter? Oh, it's funny that you ask because I see yours in the corner and I should have guessed that you were gonna choose that beer as well. I knew Um, I knew you were gonna get bushlight. But I know for a fact that you had to go to the store and specifically buy that. Um, unless something's changed where now you are drinking Bush Light on a No, I had to I had basis. to specifically buy this beer, yes. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. And you're you just had it in the fridge because you're a true Iowan. That is correct. 
But that being said, surprisingly, my fridge is mainly stocked right now with New Glarus uh, Spotted Cow. Oh, really? Because we had some friends who went to Wisconsin, and they brought me back some Spotted Cow. So. Spotted Cow's good. I'm pretty sure in the past three episodes of the podcast, four episodes of the podcast, Spotted Cow has gotten brought up every single time. Since Sydney, who's from Wisconsin, is on the show, yep. Spotted Cow has been brought up at some point within my podcast. At this point, they need to sponsor me. <laughs> But yes, uh, I got Bushlight as well, or as we like to call them in the great state of Iowa, Bush Lattes. That's correct. They actually identify as Bush Lattes. So, like the company does? No, just like the beer itself identifies as a latte. So that means oh, you can drink it at work. Hurt. And it's acceptable. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Peter likes to drink on the job. Um <laughs> Also, I have my um, Iowa National Guard mug that I'm drinking now. Oh, so um, I'm going to get up and really get a, co- a koozie really quick because I need to have a koozie, right? Um, yeah, sure. I will be right back. I was ill-prepared. And while Peter is grabbing his koozie, you are listening to the Babel Bear podcast. I'm your host, Mikey Paisley. Today, I'm joined by one of my closest friends of all time, Peter Omsalden. Peter and I, we have been friends since the ripe old age of 15, 16, uh, and have been best buds ever since, such as I was the best man at his wedding that he had last year. Yeah. Peter, how are we doing today? Exactly a year. Almost very, exactly very good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my oh. it's so beautiful i forget but, about that yee and let's talk about it Did Holmes Gillett? So yeah, um, probably the funnest fact that I looked up. Second funnest fact that I found is that there are no fun facts that I could find about <laughs> Bush Light. Um, the funnest fact that I found was uh, I went on Beer Advocate. I feel like I feel like we're saying that wrong. Is it would it be funnest or funniest? Say the word is funniest. Funniest. You're, pro- you're probably right. Funniest funniest fact right. just sounds Continue. weird to say what, what was your uh what was your funny funny funniest funny fun fact <laughs> uh i went to beeradvocate.com um actually google brought me there and bush light has a score of 46 uh which is apparently awful on beeradvocate.com and i would just like to sign a petition for that to be changed at some point um because it's not awful. It really isn't. It's so good. It's such a it's such a crisp light lager. It definitely tastes like you're drinking water, but <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, I don't think it tastes water. any like. It definitely tastes different compared to like Coors or Miller or Bud Light, but I think its flavor is so signature in itself. Also, I'm just from Iowa, and so I'm gonna back it up regardless. I appreciate that. Uh, interesting fact, fun fact for you and for the viewers: uh, lagers 
were originally introduced to America, popularly were introduced to America after World War II. Because before World War II, <clears throat> we mostly drank ales and stouts and barrel-aged things uh, that had a lot more flavor to them, like the you know craft beers nowadays. After all of our troops went over to Europe, lagers were the big thing over there. And the troops loved how easy drinking they were and how many they could drink at a time and really wanted them once they came back to the States. And that's why the most major, major beers became lagers. That's why now on like 4th of July and barbecue events and basically every uh, gas station and grocery store within America, the majority of the style of beer you see is lagers, not stouts or IPAs or pale ales or porters, anything like that. Lagers are not, is now like the main beer everyone likes to drink. I love me some good bush. Bush light. I almost drink bush light as much as I used to drink Arizona sweet tea. Yes, you used to drink Arizona sweet tea by the gallon. By the gallon, actually. Like, <clears throat> I literally, by the gallon, I would drink Arizona sweet yeah. tea. Uh, we first became friends because, uh, similar to Adam and me, we first became friends through theater. We uh, did a production together called Adorabel. Yeah. No, not. No, it was the one. What was the one? Uh, the wasn't it the Princess and the Pea? That's when or we first. Complete? Yeah, that's when we first met. That's not when we became friends. Yeah, but yeah it was Princess and the Pea because uh, you got the part that I should have had, but it's whatever. Because I guess like you can sing and stuff, and I can't apparently. um but yeah adorable is it was it adorable adorable in the silly seven adorable Adorable and silly seven which is kind of a play on uh the story of snow white and yeah we didn't really know each other at first being honest i didn't like you at first and then as the play uh started and we started practicing um we uh got along really well and we drank so yeah, obviously my name's Peter. Um, everyone knows that, but uh, I'm from a small town in, in Iowa called Stanhope. We have about 300 some people, maybe almost breaking 400, uh, but not exactly sure. Small town in Iowa here. Um, currently uh, work in Ames. Um, uh, work at the local hospital as an EMT. Almost done with paramedic school. Uh, that should be coming up hopefully sometime. How long have you been in paramedic school for now? It's been a while, right? Yeah, so paramedic school is a year long. Started beginning of August. Actually, it's sorry, like mid-August of last year. Um, and this is just for the certification. This isn't for like an associate. I can dive into that, but I'm going to be going into that later on. Uh, but it's a year long. Um so I just finished all of my clinical stuff and my preceptorship that I need to do. So now I just need to have basically an interview, um, like an exit interview, and then I can, I'm cleared to test. So I should be done with that. It just kind of depends on all testing centers, how they are and stuff like that when I can get scheduled in for those. Yeah. I'm guessing so, that's a lot more difficult now with uh, COVID happening and everything. It kind of is. Um, we have a written test and then like a practical test or they call it a psychomotor the written test is not going to be too crazy hard because a lot of the testing centers are still open uh, just for like a computer test. 
the psychomotor one though is going to be a little bit more difficult to get in a timely manner. Uh, worst case scenario, I wait till October to take that. And that's when it's scheduled for our class. So, there. How long ago that, did you start on EMT? Like when did you first get your EMT certification? Oh gosh. Um, almost three years ago, I think it was that I got my EMT certification. I think next year is going to be, it's either this year or next year was three years. Uh, just with our local fire department, I started on there and then they sent me to EMT school and that's uh, what, what kind of what kicked fire off department my was that? Stan Hope Fire and Rescue. <laughs> yeah, I said on top of the bush light, I decided I'd rep the, uh, the uh, firefighter shirt tonight too. You did good and I'm proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, started that. I'd say I think it was like three years ago that I got my EMT and that was kind of kicked off my love for it. Yeah. Because um, before that, you that had gotten said, an associates in culinary arts, right? Yeah. That being said, this wasn't like my, my love for as long as I can remember. It was first culinary arts. Um, graduated high school in 2015 and then graduated with an associates in 2016 from culinary arts at DMAC. Um, and I worked there until end of 2018. Um, I worked in culinary, in the culinary business. So um, that was kind of my first love. And then once I ended my job end of 2018, I decided that I am going to dive into a new career and here I am. So mm -hmm. that's really cool too. Cause it was a, it was a slow build cause you were doing culinary arts full time for a long time and started like doing the part-time work with the San Hope fire department. Um, first starting out as an EMT and then um, working your way up through there to eventually, I remember like, I remember like, cause we lived together through a good portion of that. I saw like the change in you of going from, you know, constantly watching videos about how to cook different things and trying different things out in the kitchen to you being more like sucked into like, okay, what could I do like to help more people? Like what situations could I become qualified to do? And basically any opportunity someone was willing to offer you, you were going to work your ass off to do it, which is really cool to watch. Yeah, no, that's totally exactly how it happened. Um, when I first started my EMT, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know exactly if I want to do this like full time and dive into it. Uh, so I applied at the local hospital and then I uh, decided that if I got the job and I really liked it, that I was just going to dive in and then go get my paramedic. And now from here on out, there's, there's a number of different things I could do and we'll kind of see where life and the Lord takes me and mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll see how it goes from here. But. <laughs> well, um, I think I speak for obviously myself, but lots of the viewers too, that uh, we thank you so much, Peter, for your service and all that you've done. How crazy has it been in the COVID-19 working your job? Uh, have regulations changed all that much? Is it you're just getting called out for a lot more quote unquote sick calls than you used to get called out for? What's that been like for you? So it's kind of crazy. It's almost been like a little bit of a roller coaster in the sense of when it first started, our call volume dropped by like 35%. Um, we were oh, so like people dead, were calling like, less. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the whole fear of everything once it blew up um, with starting that we just did not have that. Even the ER um, was just dead. Not many people were wanting to come to the hospital. And so it kind of shocked us, honestly. Um, and then just recent, right now we're at full capacity again for calls um, that we were, if not even more, uh, but also college just started. So 
that could have something gotcha. to do with it as well. But the calls themselves have been very surprising. Um, we had a little bit of a spell where we had maybe more COVID calls than other calls. Uh, but that even being said, um, I just speak for myself. I have not seen a ton of calls regarding specifically where I can say like that person called 911 because of COVID. Um, and if it was, they, we haven't actually seen that many bad, that bad cases around us for 911 calls. Gotcha. Because I I keep hearing um, that Iowa never officially went into like a stay at home order, like a, a lockdown. Yep. So that kind of confused me. So like, what what stayed open throughout all of COVID nineteen? Is there any things that you know other states closed down that Iowa in particular did not close down? Um, I don't think so. So, except like, did you guys ever go into a point where your restaurants actually closed down? Uh, yes. Yes. Basically every place started doing to go food for a while. Uh, that I want to, if I remember correctly, that got lifted, that got lifted after about a month or two months, something like that. And then they started reintroducing bars, reintroducing restaurants. And they first started out for like 50% capacity. They worked up to 75% and restaurants were close to hitting 100% when, our cases just skyrocketed again and they decided to uh, one, just shut down bars altogether. So if your alcohol sales exceed your food sales or any, like if you're like a, you know, a cigar establishment or a music venue, basically if regardless of what else you're selling, if you sell more alcohol than that other thing, you are labeled as a bar and you had to get shut down. And it was honestly, it was kind of sketchy because it was like one Friday morning, they just released it that that day at 12, you had to shut down if you were a bar, which sucks because a lot of those, you know, mom and pop like dive bars and stuff like that. If one, if they were able to make it through the initial close, the initial lockdown, somehow were able to, you know, get their money all piled up, their money collected and open up their doors again, only open up for like a month, pay all the taxes they have to pay. And all of a sudden, bam, you have to close again. Basically, no warning. Lay off all your employees again. Go through. Yep. It was, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a politician, so I can't say what the best route would have been. I just don't think that would have been it. I feel like the fair thing to have done is to do just like you did restaurants, cut it back to 50% or cut bars, even just 25%, give them the option to still have their doors open and do to-go alcohol sales or something. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so we had we had been very similar with restaurant. That's the only thing I could think of if maybe we were a little bit more lax on that. Um, we had everything kind of shut down. Restaurants were not allowed to do dine-in. It could only be to-go food, uh, like carry-out. Uh, so we had that. Big, basically, the only thing that we didn't have was like the mandatory stay-at-home order of you can't go out unless you really need to. Yeah. So... And we, we, really did, had we did have that for a while where if you were out past a certain time, uh, police could talk to you. I never personally had it happen to me because I just wasn't going out and about. Um, and I really don't have that many friends of mine. I know that ever got stopped. It's more, I think, was like a vocalization. Hey, this is happening. I don't know how enforced it actually was, though. Yeah, well, because if you look at it, I mean, how it's going to be hard to enforce. <laughs> yeah, C clearly. But yeah, so we had that, uh, and then 
I don't know any timeline or anything like that, but we opened up fairly, I think it was a little while ago that we opened up everything again. And I think our restaurants are still technically at like 50% capacity or maybe more or something like that. But uh, Right now, other than that, nothing I think is restricted in Iowa. Yeah, movie theaters Actually are coming wrong, back. So. Movie theaters coming back for you guys and for uh, Texas. Texas is starting to open up their theaters again. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Do you think it's a uh, a good or bad idea for opening up theaters and stuff? Yeah, opening up theaters, opening up restaurants. Like, wh- where do you stand in that debate? I think it's great. Uh, yeah, I th- I think it's great. Uh, with my Stance being, I think that people should be able to make informed decisions on their own on if they want to go out or if they don't want to go out. And yeah, I think it's awesome. If people want to live life and let them live life, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't uh, disagree with that statement. I think people are adults if they want to make the risk they can, especially in regards to uh, economics. Uh, I know after, especially after having the 600 taken away for those who are on unemployment and they weren't working because unemployment rate is ridiculously high right now there i forget i saw some study the other day but it was something on the lines of like for every one job available there are four people unemployed or something like that uh something crazy so i think it is a very important step to start opening up things again so people could start working and trying to get this money like yeah i I, like i totally understand it's a higher risk factor and i wish this wasn't here i wish we could just get over it i wish we could just shut everything down as things are currently controlled as uh you know groceries don't magically appear you need to earn money to make those things happen and unless you are able to pay everyone to do that their old wages they need to get back to work they need to start doing something i would i would make that argument that people need to make their livings more so than they need to try to be safe away from the virus or whatnot yep no i agree one interesting thing that i think is i've seen or heard uh, is a friend of mine, his girlfriend, uh, got laid off for when they shut everything down. And then, so she was getting her unemployment plus the extra $600 on it. And she was making more on unemployment with that extra 600 than he was working full time. Uh, and so something like that. And again, that's just a whole politics thing, but, uh, it seems a little bit ridiculous to me that we can have people doing that being unemployed. Uh, for whatever reason it is, uh, and still making more money than people who are on the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think it was more, yes, it helped. And I'm sure there's people that helped, but it also for other people out there, I think was a little bit of an incentive not to try to go back to work or not to find another job or something like that. Okay. That's that's kind of my stance on it. Uh, Yeah. I have uh, mixed feelings in that regard because one, I was an unemployment baby for a while, uh, but it's uh, so f- you know, a good example for me is like what I was making through unemployment was reaching to the same I was making that while I was working, which was important for me because, you know, I, I, I've, while working it was smart and I budgeted, I had yeah, a sure. very uh, particular budget that was in late to how much I was making. So then having that just taken away from me, you know, I, and I guess I can't speak for everyone because it's just for me, there was no startup job I could get to that could pay me the same as what I was making at my other job. Cause I worked so hard to get to the position I was in my other job and it just everything that job related to, uh, I work, you know, obviously in 
restaurant management, theater management, every restaurant and theater shut down. So there's no other job yep. to link there. Yep. But luckily then through unemployment, I was able to, you know, get through bills and whatnot. It's a two way streak because I don't know, I don't know who's in the right and wrong there. You know, if you really do need the unemployment and you really can't find a job, I, I don't know if I think you are in the right then, but also if you are purposely not looking for a job because unemployment is just going to take care of you, why would you try to get a job? Yeah. Yep. And I can also kind of see it. Uh, I think we kind of talked about this just over the phone or something like that. When all this was all first going on, it's like no one knew how long this stuff was going to last of having everything shut down mm -hmm. and trying to find a new job and going into that. If, more than likely for like, especially for you, would be a completely different career path of then working on that for however long it's going to be. And then once you everything's done being like, all right, guys, bye. I'm going back to my own, my old job, yeah. uh, which I can kind of see the, the reasoning for, for that too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a, yeah, it's a give and take. It's, I hundred percent understand the reasons to have unemployment and to give that 600 bonus. I understand that, but also I think it is unfair to give a 600 bonus out to people on unemployment, but then not specifically for essential workers. Uh, there were jobs that did not shut down because it's, you know, the regulations of the virus didn't really apply to their job that I wouldn't necessarily yep. call a essential service. It's just more so the company thought it'd be better yeah. to stay open, but clearly like in your position, you know, working as an EMT, studying as a paramedic, your job is essential to make everything run. And in those jobs, in yours, you have, to, you have to be in contact with people. You have to be in contact with people who may potentially have the virus. There should be a hazard pay. There should have been a, a federal hazard pay given out, in my opinion. But you know, so I have a very politician. interesting, I have an interesting stance on that. Uh, I can somewhat understand where people come from with this whole hazard pay maybe with other things not related to healthcare. And this is going to sound like a total, I don't know, this is going to sound a little bit backwards, but kind of where I come from is that I got into healthcare. I want to help people. I know the risks. I have risks every day in my job where I could get some type of disease, whatever from someone, if I'm not doing my job correctly. I personally don't think for myself that I like I did not want hazard pay because in my opinion it's kind of my job you know yeah like it's legitimately my job to go and help people no matter what and if there's a pandemic going on it, it's still my job you know what I mean yeah like I knew the risks getting into healthcare that something like that could happen so I was not upset for not getting hazard pay I can somewhat understand other people who were maybe forced to still work because their job was considered essential and then they're wanting hazard pay, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand that. And I think that's a, that's a, that is a, uh, a morally upright mindset on the issue is just you doing your job and you don't see a, a special benefit there. My only comment is that it, you know, if people like myself just get a random $600 just because, and in my case, it really did help it help get to yeah, for sure. being able to pay bills and help out in these things. That being said, like if you're able to fork over 600, why not make it 500 and then give an extra hundred out to someone like yourself, someone yeah, in a central no. position more so for the sake of, uh, Hey, we get, you could use this too. Like if you have to do this job, here's something for you, you know? 
Yep. Yeah. So I understand. I understand, I understand the mentality there. Uh, the only like gray area I would have an issue with is people who I don't even know any jobs on the top of my head that could have stayed open and t- like and they were because it could stay open. They were tile essential, even though they're not necessarily essential for everyday life to continue on. Like yeah. No. As as much as you want it, cleaning the windows off of skyscrapers is not an essential service. Even though you're the <laughs> only one who does it, so you could stay open doing it. It does not make you an essential employee. Whatever you know. Put X X Y Z job no, there. I hear you. I hear you. No. Uh, I will say quarantine was was good and bad and weird. And so it was so many things for me because. I had been working so hard for so long and same with uh, my, uh, my girlfriend, well, she'd been, you know, she worked in restaurant management as well, where, you know, easily we're doing, you know, uh, 70, 80 hour weeks, sometimes uh, typically 60 hours, this crazy amounts of workload and not really focusing on our own lives. And it was almost like having a summer vacation as an adult. It was really, really weird yeah. thing to have that much free time to go from that busy to nothing. Oh man, I was, I was so lazy. I was such a lazy ass at the beginning of it. And that's what made me feel bad for people who are actually having to work every day. Cause I was just like, I was just a glutton. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> uh, I had to go and look out, find things. I've talked about in past podcasts, working, you know, working on jokes and working out and obviously starting this podcast and trying to find something that I feel is beneficial. I can look back on after the fact and be like, Hey, I can say, you know, I actually did something with all that free time I was, I was given luckily. Yeah, it was crazy. It really helped uh, do a, a self-reflection of my own life too. Like what's actually important, what I should actually focus on. Yeah. It's, it's great, man. You should have tried it. It would have been, would have been wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, man. How lame is your life, man? <laughs> You're saving lives. Poser. <laughs> uh, it's awful. That's absolutely terrible. Something I'm starting to do too. If you haven't noticed it yet. For every podcast I do, whatever the beer is that I introduce or the weird fact, I'm going to start making a lineup right here. <clears throat> that's awesome. I didn't notice that, but that's a really good idea. But yeah. I, so I, I'm missing one because the beer I had when Sydney was here, I threw away. And I wish I, I or I took that trash out. And I feel like I'm a poser if I go get another can and dump it out and put it there. Because now I can see, like, these were the beers that were on the podcast. So that's these ones. So, yeah. Yeah, you're a tall boy. But if like you wouldn't there. have said anything about it, no one would have noticed. But now you're out. And well, but know I know no one would have noticed, but I would have noticed. And that's what matters. It's my show, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a very uh, very righteous thing there, Mikey, that you, uh, you have the moral of not doing that. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on my podcast with Sydney about the inland hurricane that hit Iowa <clears throat> over a week ago. You were working during that, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I was. How, so the big thing was that it was like a hundred mile an hour winds. That was like the significant like uh, issue, right? That's where all the damage and whatnot came from. Yep. So it kind of, it was obviously different in every place. And I think the part that was the worst about it was it wasn't just like hundred mile a wind, hundred mile an hour wind gusts it was like straight wind all the time. This was your hundred mile an hour. Yeah. It and wasn't just randomly really hitting. It was just like, things. like I remember yeah. seeing so many people's Snapchat stories outside and I was like, it yep. looks like, it looks like a tornado is hitting everywhere at the same time. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. So in Ames, I don't know what it got to, but it did not hit a hundred mile an hour. 
Um, I don't remember the exact speed of what the wind was, but it really looked like it did. Uh, I was stationed in Story City um, with my partner. And when it came in, it was funny. I saw a really funny a post that said, it was like a quotation. And it said, why are they sounding the tornado siren for wind? That's dumb. Said, uh, no Iowan will ever say again or something like that. And I was one of those people. We're standing outside and we're like, wow, we're going to get a pretty good storm today. Awesome. We haven't had rain in a while. And then the tornado siren went off. And I was like, why did they just set that off? We're not even a tornado warning or anything. That's dumb. And then it got like really dark and dead quiet. Like right before a tornado hits, you know? Yeah. And we're standing outside and we're like, oh. So this is going to be bad. Like this is, this is going to be it. So when it started raining and stuff and was getting really windy, we still just had the garage door open, but we were just standing inside kind of watching. And then once the rain started going sideways, that's when we closed the garage doors and we tried to kind of watch as much as we could while it was going through, but it was just incredible. The amount of force that that, that storm had. Uh, and then afterwards, we went on, I think our service went on a total of four uh, overturned semis that day. Thankfully, no like major injuries that we went out for, but we got to kind of drive around at right after the storm hit and it was incredible. Trees just leaning over with the roots sticking out of the ground. Uh, bins that you can see the pedestal, like the concrete stand where they were on. Now they're in the field and they took out a couple telephone poles with them. And then like the craziest thing for me is we were driving on a road and we saw the bin that I just talked about that was in the field and like a couple hundred feet farther down the road, there was like a metal old rocking chair sitting on the side of the road. I asked my partner, I was like, wow, look at that. He's like, yeah, that's been there for like a week. I was like, what? And so, and it was crazy because in some areas, there's nothing. It was touched. like, yeah, like nothing was touched. Like something like that little metal chair on the side of the road hadn't moved. And then right next to it, this whole bin was like moved into the field. It was crazy. We went through Roland and it looked like a tornado just went through the entire town. Yeah. Trees down, like limbs down in every single street. Uh, my partner actually had a tree fall on his truck that we got to go see. So it was, <laughs> it was crazy. I can't. I can't even imagine. I've uh, looking at the Snapchats and the videos people saw. Like I, you know, clearly I've lived in Iowa my entire life up until I was eighteen. Never have I ever seen a storm like that. Nothing yep. even remotely close. The only thing close to that are the towns I've seen that got hit by tornadoes. But instead, yep. it was like for the entire state, it happened to. It is absolutely insane. Uh, there's places like big cities that have been out of electricity for over a week, right? Yeah, there's still parts of Des Moines that don't have power from what I just heard um, recently. Ames, I think now is up to, I think everyone has power in Ames. There's like one part of Ames that they're having problems with the power staying on. But uh, yeah, they were a couple days, few days without power. Uh, if you a, look up, there's... Has like National Guard been sent out at all? Not that I know of, but it was really awesome. We went over by Huxley the other day and there's like a pull off into a field and the field was just lined. 
I don't know how many linemen like vehicles that like, I don't know what company it was. It wasn't a line in energy. I don't think, but just tons of vehicles sitting there stationed there. Um, and then they get, they send them out to go fix the telephone lines and stuff like that. So that's been the biggest thing that we've seen is just tons of, uh, electrician yeah. vehicles and whatnot linemen out. Yeah. All the power lines and, and this and that. I heard, uh, Trump just landed there too, right? Uh, I heard that. I think it was Cedar Rapids that he landed in. I yeah. honestly haven't seen like anything else than I saw a video of the plane landing and that's all I've seen. I, I haven't heard of really anything else from that or coming of that. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. I, I was talking to Cindy about it too. Like, well, I at least can thank 2020 for its consistency. <laughs> I know like every month, something, something crazy, right? Something insane. No, like literally uh, inland hurricane hit the Midwest. That's not a thing. That doesn't happen ever. Yeah. And it happened. No. It's one of those, like, at this point, now I'm feeling like, man, I need to read the Revelations again. There's something, there's something <laughs> big going on here. <laughs> Is that sirens? Yep. Do I hear sirens? Is that a, a trumpet? <laughs> yeah, Where's the dragon going to show up? That's all I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, place your bets now. So, yeah, okay. That's a, that's a great question. It's a great segue. What's it going to be in September? I don't know, man. Uh, We've had the natural disasters. We've had the pandemic. We've had, I don't know, man. What what haven't we had that we can bet on? I believe. Uh, uh, yeah, because we already had Australia set on fire. So, I'm 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 setting October for uh, the Walking Dead. I'm saving October okay. for that. That's so yeah, for October, yeah, that makes please. sense. October gets zombies. I'll I'll agree with that. I'll back that one up. Uh, Australia already had its crazy fires, so I don't know if we would get a crazy wildfire. I could see that. Yeah. That just seems a little redundant. Yeah. You think a uh, economic crash? I can see that. It's been bouncing yeah. around, but it hasn't. So, like, I, I was actually uh, I told some of the guys at work because this week I just started going back to work. Uh, <laughs> I was telling them about this terrible storm that hit Iowa and like the 43 million acres of corn that's been destroyed, something like that. Uh, No, not 10 million, 10 million acres of corn that's been destroyed. And Iowa makes up like 43% of total corn crop for all the states. So I'm like, so everything with corn, it's going to rise. And they all made fun of me. Like that's such a Midwest thing. We worried about corn. I'm not worried about corn. (laughs) Like, and I just like, and they all made fun of me. So I was like, okay, it's whatever. But like, yeah, you, Dumb Texans. It, it is a real thing. Corn, corn matters in everything. And just because you say, "Oh, it's whatever," uh, of course you would know the price of corn, you Iowa boy. Like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> so yes, I think it's one of those things of like one. There, we already have crazy economic, economic issues here and there. It's one of those like underdog things about like corn prices and things that have corn rising. I honestly like, you know, cause ethanol, like crazy stuff that people don't think about corn produces yep. and everything's going to rise in price. It's one of those, like, I, it's just, no one's going to expect it. And that's why it's going to hit hard because just that, yep. just when I try to bring it up to them, which these guys are like, these guys are in the stock market. Like they're that smart, but I try to bring up corn prices and I'm the laughing stock. So <laughs> I'm the Midwest guy, whatever. <laughs> you. <laughs> Uh, 
That's the craziest thing that we had, um, like in our job impact actually wasn't even the day of the hurricane essentially that went through Iowa. Um, it was like the next day once, you know, the power was off and we realized there's so many people and you don't really think about it that are on these home oxygen units that don't necessarily require oxygen to live. Like if they don't have it, they're going to die right away. But it's kind of one of those things where you have it, you always have it. Now you suddenly don't have it and you go into like a, a state of panic. Yeah. And so we have these home health equipment companies that normally they have these machine that they just plug in the wall and it does science and then they get oxygen. <laughs> well, we have these, <laughs> we have these home, the, it does science. <laughs> we have these home uh, health equipment companies that have been like running around oxygen tanks to people and they can't keep up with it and now they're running out. So we actually had a lot of calls for people who, uh, honestly, like we gave this one lady a ride to the hospital. We took her home uh, health oxygen unit with, and we put her in a waiting room and she just plugged it into the wall and sat there until home health equipment could like let her know, hey, we got bottles for you that we're gonna bring over at this time. So just so, so that she was, can go somewhere that has power to charge her, her thing? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely insane. And it's one of those, like, it's just, of course, it would add on to all the crazy things happening right now. That's, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be on my, my bucket that uh, September is going to have a um, economic collapse or uh, here's, here's two other ones for you. It's either an economic collapse, a solar flare takes out all the power Oof. or Yellowstone blows up. Oh gosh, that's a good one. We actually were just joking about that the other day. That's a real one. Uh, that that's the next one that's gonna yeah. Well, so at the yeah at the beginning of lockdown, apparently uh, Yellowstone was having like some weird activity, and there was this meme going around with Michael Scott being like, "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> so and I could we just uh, watched the movie 2012 like two days ago, and I remember we were talking about like the there because the scene where Yellowstone blows up. I'm like, isn't it crazy that like, that's like a real thing? That's like a real thing. We could be like, it could just happen. And we're just like, ah. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, make my movie. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. It's knocking out the gate. It is a crazy climate with uh, quarantine and all this going on. Like more so just everyone being a homebody. Cause even in states like Iowa, where it's not necessarily locked down, people are still homebodies, right? Like you're not really going out to be with other people. And I talked to Matt about this a little bit in my podcast with him. Can you imagine how how much crazy money video game companies are making right now? Oh, yeah, for sure. Crazy. For sure. Uh, I keep talking about Warzone specifically, but it's, I mean, I, I guarantee there's no other Call of Duty game that's been played that much. Oh, I yeah. For, yeah. Hands down. And then especially when they did the smart thing of like, oh, yeah, so Call of Duty uh whatever you don't even need like the base game to play warzone and we're just going to give it to everyone to play Mm -hmm. and like yeah that was that was a really good move on someone like someone had a really good idea there someone brought the big bucks they got smart which is what you need to do i mean it's crazy i want i want to see how big this avengers game is going to be i know uh i made a comment on that video (laughs) 
uh, oh, about, your podcast uh, yeah Matt. about matt uh saying that it plays like assassin's creed or something like that yeah yeah i don't I, agree with him there but i just uh did a podcast with my friend chris the other day which uh, you met chris good guy uh yeah. you guys definitely have very very different political opinions but I, I know for something you both would agree on is how great marvel is and avengers yep. and all that and that was one of like if we got really deep in some political conversation he goes yeah that new avengers game right so i was like <laughs> okay i need to talk about it at some point here i need to bring it up uh, apparently there's a beta out but i haven't played the beta at all yet i haven't played the beta either but uh i watched the rad brad play it uh I think it looks really good. It just really brings me back to the old days of uh, like uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Mm-hmm. That's just what it like. It just brings me back to those days. I'm interested to see how many other characters they're going to allow you to play as, because when it first came out and they were talking about it, it it gave me vibes of that you were going to be able to play as a bunch of other characters, and I'd I'd be really surprised if they didn't let you. That being said. Just with what I've seen from the beta, it's going to be interesting to see how they add all those other characters in without making the story just kind of go completely bonkers of whatever. Because the way it's set up is actually like could set up for a pretty good like story with just the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, but you know what company is making it or releasing it? No clue. Uh, let's do a search real quick. What company is releasing the new Avengers game? I can't wait till I get to a point that I'm sponsored on the podcast and make enough money. I can hire an assistant to look up random shit that I think of. That's the real. That's the real dream. Let's see whatever that happens. Oh, I lost it. Go back. The new Avengers game. Oh, damn it. I'm not tech savvy. Okay. What production company is releasing the new Avengers game? Probably looks super white right now. Uh, Where'd Zoom go? Square Enix. No, don't you beat me to my own punch. Got you. No. Oh, by the way, I kind of answered my own question by just searching this up here. Um, just on a brief thing of who is going to, who will be in the Avengers game. It's going to launch with six playable characters uh, with the promise of additional characters to be added to the game in the future for free. Uh-huh. So if they do it that way, I think it's going to be pretty interesting because then what I assume is going to happen is when they release a character, they'll release some type of uh, new storyline for you to go off of with that character. At least I would hope so. So here's the question. Let me hear your hot take on how Captain America looks. I wish I could relate like I had just off the top of my head someone who he looked like like a character from a movie or something but i don't really like it i do kind of appreciate that it seemed like they didn't try to just copy like from you know the movies um 
from the movies. Yeah, I do appreciate that. And I don't know if they're just going for that. All of these Avengers are like older and more experienced and weathered and they've been through everything in the movies already. Oh, that's a good way. Even though that would like, they've been like, uh, they've been around for a minute. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they're going for, but I just, because clearly this isn't like directly based on how the movies look like. Yeah. Yeah. Thor's look like that. Iron Man looks pretty close, but it's not an exact carbon copy. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. That's my take on it. My my big thing in regards to Captain America specifically is I just I don't like this like SWAT officer look going on because that's he's a soldier. I agree with that. He's a soldier. He's not yeah. a police officer. I just feel like it's kind yeah. of the wrong wrong vibe, and just it, it kind of takes away from like oh what happened. Um, it kind of takes away from him being like you could say the suit's bulletproof without having to throw actual padding on it like Batman suit, you know? Yeah. And so it just throws me off seeing all this like padding that's purposely there to be bulletproof and, and whatnot. That's pretty much my only yep. thing. Looking at the gameplay, the gameplay does look really, really, really good. I think uh, it's going to be similar to like the Batman Arkham games, I would assume. Yeah. We'll yeah. see if that's that actually ends up being the case. But no, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to play, especially multiplayer if we could be Marvel oh. characters. Who are you most excited yep. to play as if we're new multiplayer? Uh, just going based off of the like what I've seen from the beta, I'll be honest with you. It's either Iron Man or I would really like Black Widow. Uh, really? Yeah, the gameplay for her that I've seen is actually like really good. Uh, I think they did a really good job with her character, making her feel like. Kind of like they did in the movie. Well, I don't know if they did the great job in the movies of like making her feel somewhat adequate. That I'm actually she can, she can, yeah, she, she can, you could put her up with the other heroes. Yeah, they. I think they did a really good job, at least what I've seen from the beta. So I can appreciate that, and she looks like a really fun character to play as. That was like kind of the thing with the um, uh, the movies too of like making sure heroes were equal to each other. Because I know when Captain America was first introduced, not necessarily in his movie, but especially the first Avengers movie, I remember looking at him compared to like Thor and Iron Man, and like this guy does not stack up to them at all. And he's supposed to be the leader, like not even a little bit. And they like purposely put him with the regular people because like, yeah, you guys can do your own little, you know, Boy Scout Girl Scout mission down the ground. <laughs> We're gonna take care of the actual business up top. Hulk, go destroy some shit. It's whatever. Uh, <laughs> But no, then in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, he's like taking down huge planes, just bouncing his shield around like a boomerang, jumping out of skyscrapers. Yep. I was like, hey, that guy I can get behind. That guy could be like, yeah, you could fight Iron Man and somewhat beat yep. him. Even though in his movie, he still had to use backup to be Iron Man, but it's whatever. <laughs> My own hot take uh, on that whole thing. This is jumping me into a wormhole of Marvel conversation. I could go on for hours about uh, Marvel stuff. I mean, just in case you didn't have enough fuel, how much of a nerd I am. Big Marvel fan. So do you think the game is going to be good or do you think it's going to be full of a bunch of bugs? I think it's going to be good. I'm going to hope. I'm going to just be uh, optimistic about it and – I think it's going to be good. 
that being said, maybe it's just because I get games later on sometimes than when they first release. I personally have not experienced a game that I've heard that there's a bunch of bugs on. I, I haven't really experienced that many bugs while playing games. Uh, I think the main one there would have been Assassin's Creed. Was it Unity? The one with the French Revolution? Yep. I don't, know, like, I don't, you're, you're I don't even think I experienced, guy, right? like, yeah, I don't even think I experienced that many bugs with that game, to be honest. But, yeah, from what I've heard, it had a million. And so, when did your love for Assassin's Creed start? Because I know you're the person who got me into Assassin's Creed. So, when it first came out, um, when did even the first Assassin's Creed come out? I'm going to have you search that up while I continue on but okay the first assassin's creed came out and i think i was walking in the mall in ames and like there used gosh was the GameStop in the mall in ames before i think it was and i was walking by and i saw like how they had the outside the stand of like of uh altair out there and he had his gauntlet on with like the hidden knife the hidden blade and just the poster itself like blew my mind and I was like I need to play it and then I convinced my parents we were uh that there was a there was a piano recital coming up and I convinced my parents if I do good can I get this game and they said yes and it kind of all went downhill from there and that's where my love grew for it I actually played the first one on the pc uh got in trouble so many times because I'd sneak on my mom's computer and play it while I was supposed to be outside working or something like that. And uh, yeah, I've played every Assassin's Creed since, except for Rogue, I think is what it was called. Um, I bought Rogue. Uh, I didn't really play it. I think I did like one mission because it's basically just Assassin's Creed 3 in a different way. Uh, no, the first Assassin's Creed came out in November of 2007, which is crazy. Uh... What time period did that one take place in? Oh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. It was a while. It was a while ago. <laughs> really? Yeah, a little bit before I was born, I think. <laughs> First Assassin's Creed take. Place. The internet is such a fun place because now when I argue or have disagreements with people or even discussions, I can just pull up this and be like, that's not what these sources say. <laughs> that being said, it's a two, it's a it's a two-bladed sword because I also miss being able to say the most crazy things and then being like, Really? Is that true? Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. Can't do that anymore. Uh has the setting of the third crusade and it takes place in 1191 ad that's such like that's such an interesting time period i would love to like interview the creators of Assassin's Creed to be like why did you pick that to be your story backdrop for this even the second game being in the italian renaissance no one would think about those time periods to be like a great action-packed game yeah no i agree and that's one thing i think why i maybe was drawn into Assassin's Creed so much because it's like when Assassin's Creed first came out and I would argue that even still to this day with them coming out they've picked a lot of time periods where there's not a lot of other games being made About in that. those time yeah. periods 
Uh, and I think that's something very interesting that they've done. And then I love how they try to stick. They obviously veer away from it, but they try to stick either a lot to history or they throw a lot of uh, historical events in there and stuff like that and historical people. Yeah, just cool things to uh, um, to teach you about, even though it's not necessarily, yeah. uh, clearly it's not historically accurate all the time, but they yeah. base so many real things in it. It's, yeah. It is really cool to see and to watch that happen. Uh, one of my bigger rants, which you know about, because I've told you uh, so many phone calls we've had, uh, the one I'm trying to beat right now is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which takes place in um, the ancient Greek times. Uh, I want to say it's like two generations after the 300, something like that. Uh, with that being said, I think it's so interesting because, you know, the game before it was Assassin's Creed Origins, which takes place in Egypt. But it's like... I forget what the exact number was, but it's like a thousand years. It, it takes place a thousand years after the events of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So Odyssey is technically, in time period wise, is the oldest Assassin's Creed game. But it's not the origins of Assassin's Creed. There's no assassins in it. It's nothing about assassins yeah. at all. It's more about the, the lore of the technology they find and and this and that. And it goes into like really, it has like really good historical figures. You know, Leonidas is in it, uh, Hippocrates. Atlantis randomly pops up out of nowhere. Uh, a slew of other uh, Greek historical figures. And But I would say, I told you about this too, I thought it was so crazy because like I played, you know, Assassin's Creed 3. I played Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which, you know, for the most part, it's relatively realistic, quote unquote. There's no mythical beings or anything like that. It's just you playing the game. Uh, you know, specifically in like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, you're just a pirate doing pirate stuff, fighting ships. While in this game, it's it's what I thought was relatively realistic. You're just like a Spartan and you're fighting like Greek battles. And then randomly I walked into a, a fucking cave and there was a Cyclops. <laughs> like, what yep. is happening? <laughs> what yep. happened? Because like, it, and it doesn't like, and nowhere does it tell you like that's going to happen. I just stumbled upon it. And then I was like a level 19 and the thing's a level 40. So I have to like beat the game before I can even beat it. Like if you are going to have a Cyclops in your game, have the Cyclops in your game, make it like present from the get go. Let me know. That's what the game's about. Let's go from there. Don't dilly dally and just sprinkle a couple of mythical creatures. <laughs> no, I agree. That, so. And that's, that's one thing that I think when they start, I think that started in either odyssey i think it was what started in where they started bringing that like mythological stuff around and then you could have like um like a flaming sword and stuff like that which is cool it just turned me off a little bit to the whole route that they were going with it because mm -hmm. uh, i really liked the whole historical and trying to be realistic as as close as it was at least with the other black with the other assassin's creed like black flag mm -hmm. uh still good but it definitely turned me off a little bit to what they were going for i agree with that that sentiment 100 oh you dip it kind of A uh, a story I did on the podcast in one of my first episodes, I want to say like the fourth one, something like that. I uh, talked about the funniest police pullover I've ever had happen to me, which was yeah. our trip 
coming back from our, uh, our road trip to Texas where I decided yep. to pee in a bottle and we got pulled over at the same time. So I've already told that story and I gave my perspective on it. So I would like you, Peter, if you will, to tell your side of that story and your perspective on the events that occurred. Yeah. So it was funny. I was listening to that podcast and I actually listened to, uh, to your telling of the story. And I don't know if I'm wrong or if you're wrong or if like, just time or whatever has like diluted both of our memories or something. But from my side of the story, from what I remember, it's like, it's obviously the same events that happened, but somewhat different than uh, just like little things different than you um, explained in your story. So this is going to be interesting, I think for both of us here. Uh, So we're on the way back from Texas, right? good on you for remembering the state because i would have had no clue so like that we got pulled over in yeah but well what I, I, just, remember I only reason the only reason i remembered oklahoma so vividly was i remembered it's when you passed the texas border into oklahoma they had all those signs saying like if you litter it's a thousand dollar two thousand dollar fine yeah like that. yep yep and so from what i remember we were driving and then uh Mikey's like, Peter, we haven't done, we haven't done the pee in the bottle thing, man. We haven't, we haven't done that yet. And I think now is the time that I'm going to do it. So then you ended up hopping in the back seat, hop behind me, you were doing your business. And then from what I remember, we were driving along and there was a car like on the opposite side of the road on the shoulder, just parked and turned off, like no lights, nothing. It was just like the vehicle was turned off. Like that's weird. And then as we're getting closer, right as we pass it, I'm like, that was a, that's a trooper. And we obviously had all the lights in the cab on so that you could do your business in the back. Right. And then I was like, Mikey, we just passed a cop. And then you're like, what? And I was like, we're going to get pulled over. You're like, what? And then I see him like turn his car on and then like quickly flip around. And I was like, Oh boy, we're going to get pulled over. And sure enough, he turns his lights on. We get pulled over. And then uh, you were sitting in the back seat. You had your bottle of pee and you're sitting there and he walks up and he sees you. And he's like, you being chauffeured around. And then this is, this is just what I vividly remember. You're back there, you're holding the bottle of pee and you're like, no, I just really had to go. <laughs> and then the guy just busts out laughing and he's uh He's like, all right. And then I give him my information, like the registration and license, stuff like that. And then he's like, you can go uh, discard that if you need to and get rid of it. And then he went back to his vehicle. You went out, you disposed of it and then came back. And I, from what I remember, the thing that like blew our minds is like, he basically just told us that we could like go and throw this in the ditch when we had, past those signs mm-hmm. for the littering being so expensive you know basically just told us we could go throw that in the ditch and didn't care about it and then he came back and it was such a short period though that he was back there that we were like there's no way that he even ran our information anything like that he must have just gone back there got on the phone and been like hey buddy <laughs> guess what just happened when i uh, pulled these guys over you'll never believe this and then came back 
I think Peter, you might be one of the most popular guests for the sole fact that a pug keeps randomly coming into frame to do things with you. <laughs> I know he's crazy. He had a moment there where he was actually sleeping for a while, but now he just—he's so playful. Good boy. It could be also because Mama's home now, so. Aww. So he got all excited. Good boy. But yeah, that's kind of my perspective on it, uh, at least from. So from I my guess angle yeah. Our. Our, where we think things uh, different is uh, I don't remember him laughing. I thought he just kind of came, maybe chuckled, but I thought he was like confused as to what I said. And he thought I meant like I needed to go still. And I, I, I feel like he did. He said, if you need to do your business, you can go do it down there, not discard it. You can go do it. Not realizing I was holding my pee already. <laughs> but I, you might be right, honestly. Uh, Cause well, like I, said, I, I thought right I remember too. bringing I it back into the vehicle Maybe I maybe I dumped it out. You might be right. I think I did dump it out there, but I still ha- kept the bottle because I was scared to to uh, yeah. discard it and litter. Because <laughs> littering is wrong. <laughs> um, another story I wanted your point of view on, and I don't remember if I've talked about this yet on the podcast. I feel like I did, but I don't know for sure. Um, you want to talk about the time at Buckingham Palace in England? Yeah, so it's really funny. You did talk about it, and I had completely forgot about that until you brought it up on your podcast, and it was like reliving a memory. Uh, I, I don't remember – too much about it like create like details about it yeah so uh, yeah. for those of you who have not seen that podcast where i talk about us at buckingham palace uh peter and i we did this uh, school trip right after graduating where we went to england for about a week we're not england but the, we went to the uk so we went to ireland wales and england and we got to go to the buckingham palace at the buckingham palace we decided we want to make one of the royal guard laugh uh long story short we didn't get him to laugh, but we did get him to talk, and I thought we were going to be arrested. So, Peter, yeah. please f- fill us in on your so side of that. We're like getting, we're trying to figure out ways that we can get this guy to laugh. I don't remember exactly what we were doing, but I know there was this railing, and it was essentially there was just, just gu- this guard 20 feet, I don't know, from us or whatever, and he was standing there like they do, and then eventually, like, randomly, he would, like, patrol back and forth. And then you just stop and stand there again. And we were doing something to him or whatever. But then he came up to me. He like marched up and I was like, oh boy, this isn't good. And then he's like, hey, uh, I want you to find this girl and give her my number or something like that. And uh, I was, it was more, almost like a moment of shock where it's like, you can talk <laughs> like you actually can like and so uh anyway like i run back to mikey and i'm like mikey this just happened we need to find this girl we need to did he give me a note or something or did he just tell me like to get the... no he... to get this girl's number for him yeah that's what it was and like we need to find this girl. We need to get her, we need to get her number and then give it to the guard. And you're like, what? and she had, she had, and she had a pink backpack because I thought I remember I very I remember very specifically 
we were saying random jokes and we decided to start saying American political jokes. And we said some joke about Obama. It was after we said the joke yep. about Obama that he's like, he stopped yeah. his hand out and said, and I thought I like I started like, dude, uh, my my bitch came out. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh no, we're done. Like they're gonna they're gonna prison us. We ain't coming back home. We said we <laughs> talked about we talked about Obama. We're out of it. We're done. <laughs> I was freaking out, and so I was like I was like ready to walk the other way, and you start going towards them, and I'm like, no, not <laughs> and, uh, and then you came back, and, and I remember you said like, uh, you're like, and I remember you being so like. Not uh, not nervous, but like anxious and excited. And I remember you like stumbling over your own words. Me came back to me because you're just talking so fast. You're like pink, pink backpack, pink backpack, backpack, backpack. And I could hear when you're talking to the guy, I could hear you saying backpack over and over again with him. So I'm thinking that oh no, they think there's a bomb in my backpack. We're definitely gonna get arrested. Something crazy like that. And then when you came back to me being like pink backpack, pink backpack, I'm like, what are you talking about? Is there a terrorist here? What's happening? What's going on? You're like no, 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 no. We need to find a girl with a pink backpack so we can go uh, get her number for him. What? <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. Unfortunately, we didn't yeah. find her though, right? No, or that was no, like the, that was the bummer. Her. Makes yeah, it very, and then very we did sad go, ending to an interesting story. Yeah, we did go back to him, and then I told him, and then he was just like, "Like, we, I, what did he say to us?" Like it's uh, all right, mate, or something like yeah. that. Oh, like, th- thanks for trying, mate. Yeah, it was. Like that. It was good. Hi- one of the highlights of our lives for sure. Got we have so many memories. This. Can you? Here's a question for you. Can you? Well, I like this. Recall... You're the first person to ask me a question. I appreciate that. <laughs> Conversation is <laughs> so you hard because re- everyone expects me to always ask the questions. And, you know, yeah, no, I know, I and I wish I would have come more prepared. I had a notepad. Uh, I was really like not very good on time today. I had a notepad and I was going to write down questions to ask you. And so obviously we have a wonderful I just, notepad. I just need you on the uh, podcast again. Yeah, there you go. But can you recall where uh, the term or our saying to each other is because I bought you a taco came from? Cause like it's our thing. And I just don't exactly remember how it started. That's great. So, uh, for those listening, like I said before, Peter and I, we have been friends for forever. I, I would definitely like you are going to be the best man at my wedding. I was the best man at your wedding. Uh, that kind of a friendship. And throughout any friendship, I feel like anyone has, they all have uh, inside jokes that occur happen. And the longest ongoing inside joke that we have is called Because I Bought You a Taco, which essentially means anytime you do something where you basically sacrifice something of yourself for them, it's you just say and you tell them in your last nine words is because I bought you a taco. So you take a bullet for them because I bought because you bought me a taco. You push them out out from getting hit by a train. It's because you bought me a taco. I honestly think it started because we just had we were driving one day after we first became friends and we had talked about you know if you were in a uh, car accident what's the last thing you would say to the other person. I I, I, honestly, I think that's it. But I remember for uh, for Peter's wedding my best man speech, I had bought a, uh, some talk about tacos, which I had to hide from you and shy for days at the apartment because I wasn't sure what my uh, next chance I was going to get to, uh, going to 
the uh, Taco Bell. And so it's just like, it's like, it's been sitting in a fridge for days. And then like, I had to hide it like at the wedding. So, and it wasn't a refrigerator because I didn't want anyone to see it and try to eat it. So it's just been sitting and getting gross all day. And I brought it on stage with me um, after a few too many bush lights. And basically the end of the, the speech was like, you know, this tacos, buying tacos for each other represented the bond we have as friends and that we would always be friends for the rest of our lives. Uh, it's a similar bond that you and Shai have now. And, and Shai being one with you through Christ means that Shai, I have to get you a taco or something like that. And it's like, yeah. And so here's, here's the taco that now represents um, all of us being connected, her being connected with the boys or something. something yeah. I'm going to have to find that because what I actually did is um, our photographer for the wedding, her husband, uh, was like starting up um, like doing video recordings and doing highlights of weddings and stuff. And one specific thing I asked for afterwards, because I know you recorded the whole thing was your best man speech. And so I have just a file, a video of your best man speech. And so I'm going to have to find that. And then when we come to visit you guys next, next week, uh, I'll have to, I'll, I'll bring it with. And I'll, I'll, that, I need, we'll yeah, I need to get it. you guys, I need to get the room set up for y'all. Just yeah, realize that. Place to sleep. Yeah, I do. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> um, how close are you to your DJ by chance? Have you talked to him at all since the wedding? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. Can I talk about what, the conversation I had with your DJ over text? Oh yeah, go for it. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail because yes, I've got we've gotten a little raunchy on the podcast so far. Uh, not us per se, but in some of my other uh, installments, especially the one I have with Chris. Uh, so I don't shy away from, you know, raunchy in regards to comedy because its intent is for laughter. If you decide to take it other way, that's your choice. But my intent is to make you laugh. So, I'm, But this was, wasn't even laughter. This is just straight wrong. So uh, at Peter's wedding, I had given his DJ my number because we needed to go do a photo shoot at a lake that was near the, the venue that we were at. So I gave him my number and literally only text conversation, me and this man, I don't even remember his name. The only conversation him and I ever had was just like, Hey, this is the best man. Uh, if you need to reach the bride and groom, you can text this number. And we went and did the shoot months later, months after their wedding, he sends me the raunchiest, most disgusting joke gif I've ever seen. I, like, like I said, I'm not going to repeat it again because it's, it's that terrible. Let's just say like, it's like, it's, it's bad. It's so bad. I've shown, I showed it to Peter. It's, whew, it was rough. And I, it was, it's like a clear, like, okay, you did not mean to send that to me of all people. But like, what do you do after you send, after that's out, after you send that to someone, like, what could you even say? Like, you can't just say, sorry, wrong person. <laughs> I don't care if I'm the wrong person. What the fuck is up with you, man? <laughs> oh, that's rough. I hope uh, whatever DJ I get for my wedding would do that for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I don't even remember. I think it was just a local uh, DJ that Shy knew. Uh, and so we contacted him over Facebook, I think it was. And that's how we got a hold of him. And so it was, that was crazy. That was like one of the yeah. best things. I know as soon as he sent it to me too, even though as bad as I thought it was, I was just laughing so hard. Cause I was like, I'm so excited to tell the boys about this. <laughs> like you would not <laughs> believe what 
uh, happened to me here, man. Uh, well, Peter, I think on that note, we'll wrap up this episode of the Babel Bear podcast. Thank you so much, man, for being on here today. I look forward to having you on here. Hopefully soon I could have you and Matt at the same time on the podcast. I think that would make for yeah. a really fun time. Um, that would be awesome. Again, Peter, thank you so much for your service, uh, working as an EMT and soon becoming a paramedic. God bless you, man. You're my brother. I love you with all my heart. And cheers to you, sir, for being on the Bible Bear podcast. Yee-yee. Yee-yee.